Well, if, you, if you're going to watch anything in the first week, just watch that fight. It, it is going to be, and God forbid it rains. If it rains, again, <laughs> just like we did with this. And this is the part of France where, guess what? It rains a lot. And so, and, and like, if, if there is a crash, like in 99 with this massive crash, it separated a bunch of the favorites, including Alex Zula, who lost seven minutes on the, on the first, you know, first road stage out of the race. Ended up or crashing out with injuries. Guess when they crash, they they crash into the sea. I mean, this is some shit. I'm telling you, you, you it, it is. I love it. I love it. And then you, you love get, it as a fan. I love it as a fan. I would. I would <laughs> hate your, your rider hat on looking at this stuff. You're just going. No. It's the the entire first week is so nervous between the Vendee, Brittany, and then into Roubaix. Two uphill finishes in the first week. Two times up the Mur de Bretagne, otherwise known as the Alpe d'Huez of Brittany. The, these are the days where Sagan is just Sagan sees this route. Psst. Stiffy. Okay, welcome back to the Stages Podcast. This is this one we're going to talk about today. I should back up and say today, the Tour de France announced their 2018 route. It's sort of, you know, once the season's done, it's the most anticipated day for most of the teams and, and a lot of the riders, and especially the favorites. So it's a big to-do. They 4,000 people in this theater in Paris, big animated video presentation, you know, bring up these guys. To- That's amazing to me that 4,000 people show up for a route announcement. That's what I read. I wasn't there, but that's, I, that's I surely remarkable. wasn't there. It's, it, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. But uh, this is, I got to say, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm giving, just as a fan and as a spectator, or, or somebody that gets to talk about it, you know, nine months from now or whatever. I don't know that I give it an A plus, but I, it's close. This this is a killer route. Like you you like it. I love like it. if you were I love it racing, you'd be stoked. No no no. This. I don't I don't think I'd like it if I was racing. Okay. This 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 route <laughs> for the fan. This is a complicated Tour de France. And if and and, if, and as I just told you a minute ago, if I'm a sprinter. I stay home. You, you don't go to this Tour de France. There's two days where, where you're going to win. You stay wow. home. Unless you're Peter Sagan. Peter Sagan is going to eat this thing alive. Uh, Why would they start with that? Why would they detract from sprinters coming and putting on a show? Look, Because JB, they just want to keep we, shaking things up? How many days last summer did we talk about how bored we were? I mean, it happens, and, and and not to not to take away from it's true being a sprinter, what what they what those types of riders bring to the sport because it's it is exciting, but it's only exciting for five minutes. Yeah, this uh, you know, this tour has just a shit ton of spice, and and it's, I mean, I look at the if you just look at the overall profile, it, it, it's like a saw blade for three weeks. And, and then you throw in, sorry, then you throw in cobblestones, then you throw in super technical sessions, the, the, the Passage de Gois, a dirt section, a short stay at 65 kilometer, hard, hard, hard mountain stays, Alpe d'Huez, a team time trial. Very, very technical route. But ironically, one of the shorter courses they've had in years. Yeah. Only 3,300 kilometers. Only. Only, right. All right, let's... 
dig into dirt and cobbles because probably 99% of people who ride bikes just don't do dirt and they certainly don't do cobbles. Right. Right. They've have never had that experience. So start with the dirt. Unless they live in like Savannah, Georgia or something. Right. Right. An old, yeah. An East coast town. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what it, I mean, what does that mean? And it's a lot of cobbles. Well, it, so the, so the, the, there's, to me, there's for the listener and the viewer, there's really three things you need to know. Number one, um, the questions as a rider would always be, okay, how much cobbles do we have? So this year we have almost 22 kilometers of cobblestones. Compare and contrast to when I won the tour in 2004, we had cobbles in that tour and people were shitting their pants and we had four kilometers of cobbles. Okay. I came back and I did the tour again uh, years later and in 2010, we had... 13 kilometers of cobblestones and i mean it was like these guys that thought, was a big story yeah so now you take it to 22 kilometers so that's point number one point number two and this is the biggest question that 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 will go through the minds of the riders is how far is the finish from the last cobble section if it's 60 kilometers an hour and a half everything can come back everything together. comes back yeah, together yeah, so that's always the question like what do how uh, you know can I survive and still get back if you're a GC guy? So here we go. Eight kilometers from the last section to the finish. This is like Perry Rebecca. So this, they have designed it so that cobble section will determine right. the finish. And then, and then, of course, the third point is that, and for the viewer at home, they'll, they'll have this as we watch it. But, and if you're a fan of the classics and you've watched Roubaix, every section is categorized. Right, just like a climb is a categorized climb. Category four, three, two, one, horse category, the cobbles are the same. One star, two star, three star, four, five star. One star section is like a dirt road. Five star section is the Ehrenberg Forest where I mean you can barely keep your hands on the handlebars. So again, most people have not been on cobbles. They don't know what this feels like. Mm. I mean what does this mean in the in the tour? Like do do you make bike adjustments on those days? Or is it the same setup? No, no, I think, yeah, you definitely, well, the, the things you definitely change are, are your wheel setup and your tire setup. I mean, this is enough of a Roubaix-esque stage that, that guys will have um, completely different setups, certainly on the wheels. And then you see guys, they'll, they'll, they'll double wrap the bars, something just to, just to get a little more padding on the hands. Um, and then if it's wet on those days, well, too, if it's wet, it's just carnage. Forget right? it. All bets are <laughs> off. It's it's it is every man for himself, and it's it's a nightmare. But I, we jumped ahead a little bit before we get to Rebecca. I mean, that first week is. I mean, we're talking about at the end of the first week, but the first week before you even get to Rebecca is. It, I'm looking at this, going, I can't wait to watch this couple of things i mean stand you, no prologue which is kind of a bummer it's mm -hmm. always nice mm -hmm. i think it's cool as a fan to watch that but even the riders like having the prologue so that they can gauge their own fitness where it compares to the other guys well, for the, the fans other. the prologue is a good introduction of everybody yeah. you know you right. get the lay of the land yeah. and get to know something about them we won't have that you brought something to my uh, attention bef before we went on about that i never would have thought of and i've i've never heard him mention it in the coverage this stage one pavement that's sometimes underwater 
Right. So, so stage one, and unless I'm misreading this stage one, the, well, it doesn't have the, um, the prologue. It has the passage de Gua, which is, this is a, this is a road. It is a road. It's a paved road, but half of the day or, you know, whatever it's underwater at high tide. It is underwater and it never really gets dry. And so, um, and day one is very, they always describe the jitters. People oh are God. nervous. They're, they're jittery. They haven't settled in. Yeah. So and when, then you're throwing in slick pavement. Right. So when I won the tour in 99, I won the prologue, had the Jersey. So even then you have somewhat of a settling. You still jitters. That was, you know, the first road stage in 99. Um, but so, but there's still, there's been a pecking order established. This one, there will be no pecking order established because we don't have a prologue. And then you throw in the Passage de Gua, which again, if people can remember back to 99, it was complete carnage because it, as soon as somebody touches a wheel or even the slightest overbreak, it's just, think about a road that's underwater 12 hours a day. It's just funky. And like a, yeah, a low water crossing. Oh, and How many of us have gone down on a low water crossing? And it's right. not as bad as that, but that same sort of mildewy, slippery kind of grit, grime. The, the, the fight to be at the front before the Passage de Gaulle. If, you, if you're going to watch anything in the first week, just watch that fight. It, it is going to be, and God forbid it rains. If it rains, again, <laughs> just like we did with this. And this is the part of France where, guess what? It rains a lot. And so, and, and like, if, if there is a crash, like in 99 with this massive crash, it separated a bunch of the favorites, including Alex Zula, lost seven minutes on the, on the first, you know, first road stage out of the race. Ended up or getting, crashing out with injuries. Guess when they crash, they, they crash into the sea. I mean, this is some shit. I'm telling you, it, it, it is. I love it. I love it. And then you, you love get, it as a fan. I love it as a fan. I would, I would <laughs> Put hate your, your rider hat on looking at this stuff. You're just going, no, it's the, the entire first week is so nervous between the Vendee, Brittany, and then into Roubaix, two uphill finishes in the first week, two times up the Mur de Bretagne, otherwise known as the Alpe d'Huez of Brittany. The, these are the days where Sagan is just Sagan sees this route. Stiffy. Two time trials. Do you like that with the team time trial coming back? I love the team time trial. It, and again, it's, it's, it's in the first week. It's, it's this, this first week is, this is, I think this is what ASO did. I mean, they realized that, that, that a lot of these days are boring. And so, mm. um, are we good? We good? We're not good. <laughs> oh, well, there's nothing we can do about that. So, yeah, I mean, between all these things, TTT, two uphill finishes, then into the cobbles, then a rest day, bam, the Alps. And this is the year Love it goes it. down to uh, eight riders per team. They're, yep. they're, uh, a bunch of guys lost a job. That's <laughs> the first thing I think of. <laughs> That's a great gig. Well, and, they lost a job in, in the month of July. But, the, but uh, look uh, – and I, I don't know if I said this last summer. I, I disagree with that. I think if you're trying to make this sport e easier for obvious reasons or for other reasons, um, that's not a way to to do it. I think, I think you know, look at this route, as technical and as hard as it is, with only seven teammates to support a leader. That, that is, this is a hard – that's a hard thing to do. I mean, it sounds – seven guys sounds like a lot, but one gets sick, another gets injured, another – 
you know, you're down, you could be down to three or four guys trying to very, very difficult to control. Do um, the teams even get much of a chance to practice their team trial time trial when the guys are all over the world until July? Yeah, they, if, if the season doesn't have, if the tour doesn't have a team time trial and if, you know, well, really the only team time trial that matters is the tour back, just to be honest, mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. Uh, if they don't have it, then they don't spend time on it during the, um, during training camps, but now they will in, in their January camp and in their, whenever they do their camps, they will spend time on this harder to do. Cause you don't know what eight guys are going to have at the tour. Mm -hmm. So you can't say, I mean, the director can't say, okay, here's my eight in January. Let's right. go practice. Right. Show favoritism show, you know, tip your hat to those or nod to well, those, could, you know, it's, it's on but, that note. When, I mean, how far out do you know who your teammates are? Cause the, the, the director's probably waiting to see who's on form. Yeah. Right. Who's really ready for the tour? Yeah. So what? About Thirty days out? Do they know? Um, Ballpark? No, no, no. I mean, well, well so you start to know thirty days out, but but I mean, they can make adjustments up to a week before, two yeah. weeks before. So, speaking of that, speaking of form and time, trying to time all that, the, one thing is, is worth noting, and and it may not for the listener, it it may not be a big deal. For me, it's a big deal because this tour starts July 7th, so I won't have to deal with the 4th of July parade in Aspen and trying to do a podcast. Oh, so much that was brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. I mean, that was the hardest day of the summer. Uh, but, you know, another week, and the reason it does start a week later is because the World Cup is this summer, and as we know, that dominates the world's sporting coverage, and the tour doesn't want to conflict with mm -hmm. that. I mean, the World Cup is that big that it just yeah. overshadows the right. Tour de France, which is also big. Um, so it started a week later, missed some of that conflict, but also too, for the rider, like it's, if they were behind in their form or their condition or their fitness, it just gives them another week to find it. If they're a little heavy, it's another week to lose a half a kilo or a kilo. And so it, but it, on the flip side of that is you could have a guy that comes in hot and that extra week, just, it's just enough to go over the edge where they start to get flat. So. It's um, it, it's it's not for nothing. Would, would that extra week be enticing for someone who wants to double up on the Giro and the and the Tour? I know not yeah. as many people do it, yeah. but would that extra week of difference sway some people I to would, do both? Yeah, I mean, looking at this route, I would not do the Giro. Yeah, this is you better come into this thing perfectly on perfect form and and rested and ready. This is a difficult nerve-wracking route have i said that yet <laughs> yeah. you know something else i don't recall seeing before is time bonuses mid-course mm. or wherever they decide to put them we've seen some time bonuses where you can pick up some extra seconds here or right. there at the finish but now they're doing them kind of like some preems and we don't know where they're going to go right. and so over you know over the course of the last 30 years that i've sort of followed this They've they've done a a lot of the above, although what they're trying this year is new to you know to to the event. But they always have time bonuses at the finish. This year they're ten six four, except for the time trials. In the day they would have time bonuses at the at the point sprints three two one. Those have gone away, but now they've added this just in the first nine days, like special um, 
time bonuses that they haven't told you when they are yet. So three, two, one at some point later in the race, which, you know, typically the point sprints are in the middle of the race, but if they're throwing these in at the end, trying to encourage attacks, aggressive, you know, tactics, um, you know, I don't know that that matters much for a, for a GC guy, but, and I, I, I actually saw some notes this morning that wondering if, if, if the UCI will allow them to do that, which is weird. Hmm. I don't know how all that works, but it's, it's a dynamic they've thrown in. Again, I don't think it matters for the, for the overall race. I'm going to kind of jump backwards again here for a second because it's intriguing. The, the fact that it's not laid out for sprinters. You're like, you already said it. If I'm a sprinter, I wouldn't bother going. It's two days. So if you're team leader, I'm guessing if some sprinters are not going. I shouldn't say there's two. There's three days. They, the sprinter could win on the first day. But if you, if you take more sprinters out of the equation, wouldn't you want to stack your team for guys to pace you up climbs? Not saying a sprinter can't do that, but that's just it, it's it's usually doesn't happen. It, it has to be a balance. You have to have that. Chris Froome and and Nara Quintana and all these guys have to have that, but you also have to have these big classic styles guys that are going to get you through this first week and get it, you through that cobble section, right? I mean, get you to the front <laughs> before the Mur de Bretagne. Get you through the crosswind in Brittany and Vendee. Mm. Get you to the front at Passage de Gaulle. Get you to the front. Before the cobbles, so you got to have these guys that are that are six two, one eighty that can that can dial it up to you know sixty kilometers an hour and make sure you hit the pave first. Got it, got it. I mean, I had we had, you know, I had guys like George Hincapi and Pavel Padranos and Vacheslav Ekimov that I just said, boys, let's go. And yeah. They, and they, they, it's a mini team time trial for them. I'm sitting right on the wheel, protected. You know that that's a key. So you got to have. You have to have both of those things. Mm -hmm. Okay. We didn't talk much about the dirt section. I mean, we, we skipped over, we went over cobbles, but is that even that big of a factor? I, I think if it was at the, uh, so this is a new, a, a new element again, another new element that, that ASO has brought to the tour um, on a climb called Plateau de Glière. I've never done that climb, I don't think, but there, there is a small dirt section. It's early in the stage. So, I think it's I think it's cool that there's a dirt section. I think that again they've recognized uh, this trend in cycling where gravel bikes are are very popular, gravel events are very popular. So they're, they're trying to capture some of that. Two K of gravel early on in the stage, not a big deal. Nobody's losing sleep over that. So your your team leaders, the the announcements there. You know, a lot of them are there. It's a big deal. I mean, what do they start preparing for? They try to map out their year to go pre-ride a lot of this where it fits. I mean, do they spend a month in France? Yeah, I, I mean, the, this. If if I'm a, a, a you know a wannabe winner of this tour, you have to go. Uh, you have to see a lot of this stuff. I mean, this is when when I say it's technical. Technical means you need to see it. You need to. Google Maps isn't going to cover it. Yeah, Google Maps doesn't <laughs> cover it. You know, you, you just again to go back to Muir de Bretagne, I mean, something like that. Even though you do it twice in the final 16k, seeing it the first time doesn't count. I mean, the who knows what the run into that is like, how tight those turns are, and you know, there's going to be favorites that miss out on that day that 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 their race is over. So you have to see that. You have to see the cobbles. You have to see the team time trial. 
Obviously, you have to see the Alps and the Pyrenees. You have to see the final time trial. So there, this one is going to require a lot of homework. Forget the homework that they do at home, training, preparation. This one is going to require, if it were me, homework on the spot. Getting a good look at it. Yeah. The climbs, the descents, everything. Anything yep. technical. Uh, <clears throat> some team shifts. Yeah. Aru changes teams. Announced How does that affect things? Announced today that Fabio Aru is leaving Astana, which, by the way, now Astana is left without a GC rider. They got no, I mean, Jacob Fuglesong is not going to do it for you. You're, you know, a couple of years ago, they lose Nibali. Vincenzo Nibali goes to Team Bahrain. Now we just hear today that Aru goes to Team UAE, United Arab Emirates. I think that the... Uh, I don't know, you know, how this route suits him, but the but the thing that sticks out to me is Dan Martin has also left Quick Step to go to Team UAE. So I think the tandem of those two guys. I don't know how Dan Martin exactly feels about it, but um, that's a formidable one-two punch. And then obviously we need to talk about Froome mm. going for number five. Looking at this course, your mm -hmm. thoughts. This suits him. It doesn't. It's going to be more shakeup, more. We've always talked about it in the past with covering the last year's tour, how many stars have to align. It's yeah. just ridiculous. This, some of these technical things, you know, accidents can happen. Yeah. Bad things can happen. Yeah. And he, he had a tough time with a, with a route that was more technical years ago. Um, but I think, I think to me, look, th th this is a hard rate is a hard, this is a hard tour. And so that means Has it, ever been an easy tour. Well, this is hard <laughs> on the scale of, you know, hard. It's up there. It's up there. And, and to me, he's the strongest guy. So that should suit him. He also has the best team. So all these nervous days we just talked about that should suit him. Uh, but he can't make any mistakes. He can't, he can't get caught out early on in the wind or mm -hmm. on these short punchy climbs or in the cobbles. But, I, I, looking at this, I mean, I, I don't know his his plan for the year uh, next year, but to me, this is a this Nibali is this this course has Nibali written all over it. He's so good technically; he can handle his bike, he can stay in the front, he can climb. Um, you know, this this guy, I, and compare that to Quintana. I just, uh, you know, uh, this is, this is, you get this one, they'll have to pay attention for three weeks. It's going to suck to be a rider. The uh, time trial on the, the Saturday before they go into Paris, the, the second to the last day, yep. 31K time trial. Yep. Thoughts on that? It's a short one. It's short. It's hard. It's punchy. I mean, that, that part of France and then that, that, that day actually dips into, uh, dips into Spain for a little while. You know, it's never flat. It's, you know, twisty, turny. Again, not to keep saying it, it could be wet. Uh, 31K is, that's enough to make a, I mean, if we, if we had, assume we had a tight race up to that point, that'll be an exciting time trial. Very exciting. And, and furthermore, I didn't mention this when we talked about the team time trial. Keep in mind, folks, the team time trial, the time on that counts for individual GC. So I think we touched on it last summer that we always knew if it was a 50 kilometer team time trial and we were going to smoke these shitty teams like Uscatel and Kelme and put three minutes into them, mm -hmm. all of my rivals. So it's an Escartine or mm -hmm. a Mayo. 
I got the three minutes. Right. We all got the three right. minutes. Right. And those right. guys had to deal with losing three minutes. Right. So it would just be like, you you know, you got a flat or you got dropped, or you got caught out in the wind, and you lost three minutes on a on a on a road stage. So it counts. So these guys know that and are thinking about that. Richie Port with BMC, who's arguably the best team time trial team in the business, Froome and Sky, they're knowing that team UAE and Aru and Martin, like they're gonna put a minute into them. Or they're gonna put a minute into well, they won't. They won't put a minute into Movistar. But the, but my point is that it counts. It's a real uh, benefit to have that team that can that can win. Because you just get the time. There's probably no answer to this question, but I'll try it. Like the GC guys, they're thinking about these things, and how much say do they have in building out a team? Of course, it comes down to budget sometimes yeah. and riders that are available. But if I'm a GC guy and I'm trying to build out my dream team so I don't lose three minutes in the time trial, what kind of influence can they have on a director and a team? Well, it's got to normally. Be I mean, I my history and my my uh, situation with Johan was it was a it was a dialogue. It wasn't a monologue from Johan saying, "Okay, here's the nine guys." It was it was we had conversations. We actually had kind of a grading system. Mm -hmm where you could grade people on experience and current form and condition. Um, are they a team player or not? And so you just sort of put it out all on a page and then you, lo and behold, you end up with the, the who's has, who's not under contract. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Or who, who can you get? Right. And, but look, I mean, you would think Chris Froome would have, uh, you know, a lot of say in that, but what we saw it last summer. He didn't, he didn't want, um, I'm spacing his name. He didn't want Miko Landa there, mm -hmm. and and he got overruled, and yeah. it ended up being uh, awkward and uncomfortable yeah. for everybody. On the other side of it, do do writers sometimes go to a director or a GC guy and go, "Look, I'm perfect for the tour this year. I, I you need to get me. I'm." Does that ever happen? Do they ever lobby for a I gig that way? Well, um, they all lobby because they all want to be there. Right. This is this is the big stage, and this is the, this is the biggest race. Obviously, this is has the most prize money. This is this is the one that that their neighbors and their girlfriends and their you know former class. This is the one where they get to be truly be seen on TV. Mm -hmm. They have all these weird little motivations and incentives, and if you're French, and the thing goes through your town, I mean, it's it's. I mean, big deal. Big All deal. Right. Uh, so give us that headline quote as you look at the 2018 tour. What, is, what does Lance Armstrong say of this route? You know, I've already said a lot, but I, I, if I had to sum it up, I mean, I can't wait to do this wrap-up show every day for three weeks next summer. I mean, it, it, it's... From a content perspective and a, and, and a dynamics perspective, it's got a lot. So we, we are going to have plenty of shit to talk about, which, A, makes it easy. This is not that hard, you and me sitting around doing this. Oh, wait, wait is it hard? It's very hard. It's very difficult. I'm working but, on your dialogue on that. This is very difficult. Yeah, we'll, but we'll have a lot of stuff to yeah. cover. And, and, and um, It does make sense what you're talking about with fewer of the sprint stages. Like... I'm just thinking of a lot of people's watching habits on those days. You kind of fast forward and watch the last 20K, yeah. right? 
and the bars are packed on Alptuez Day, they might go, oh, this is the day they're riding the cobbles, and it's yeah. another watching party. Right. So I, I'm kind of getting that. I'm kind of slow on the take there, but I'm getting where you're coming from on that. It's more reasons to tune in every day yeah. and watch it in its entirety. You know, the other thing that I didn't mention is that, and we talked a little bit about this last year, is after the rest days, last year, for example, last, last year's tour, they had almost these transition days where you just – they get the riders can get back into the speed of the race, the tempo of the race. It's not a shock to the system on those transition days. This is we're going back to the old system here. We, we, they fly from the cobbles down to the Alps. They have a rest day and then bam, straight into the Alps. No, no more of this transition stuff. And by the way, too, the transition days for this tour from the Alps to the Pyrenees, which typically go through the Massif Central, which they do this year. Nasty, nasty. I mean, look at a day in the middle of this race to Minda. Where's Minda? Well, we know Minda, we do Minda all the time. And that, and that, that is a gnarly, punchy, and this is a, this is a transition. This is a day just to get you from the Alps to the Pyrenees. It's like three or four K up 10%, super, super hotter than hell. Another wow. thing worth mentioning is the, the course is almost entirely in France. Yeah. There's about 15K where they go into Spain. And I learned from you this last summer, it's like the riders are like, oh, thank God we're back in France. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, I want to revisit that. It's more it, chill. It's more chill when it stays in France. It's, is it just going to be mayhem for that 15K in Spain? Yeah, yeah, it will. But that's an individual. So, so they don't need to worry about that because they're going to be alone. Yeah. It sucks. When you go to Germany or not that it sucks, but it's just more nerve wracking and hectic when you go to these other countries, Belgium, Holland, Luxembourg, Germany, Italy, wherever you go, when you're when it's a you know classic road stage and, and you're and you have people literally standing in the road and you're trying to fight for position and not hit those people. This one they'll be on a time trial bike all alone. So and it's the day before the finish, so ninety five percent of those guys are gonna be just you know, cruising around having a cigar. They don't give a shit. So it's, it's, it's no big deal. Okay. Uh, cool. Any, 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 rolling around with a cigar. (laughs) (laughs) Any Uh, final thoughts? And then we're going to give people an idea of what to expect from stages before we go. Yeah. And the next year, I don't know if somebody filed a, put in a question there. This one, this, uh, this is not a final thought, but this just warmed my heart. Here's Christian Prudhomme's address at the start today. Christian Prudhomme says, let us not, let me back up. Let us and not, Prudhomme is, Christian Prudhomme is the director of the tour. Okay. He's not the owner of ASO. He doesn't run ASO, but he's the, he's the, he's the Roger Goodell okay. of the tour. He says, let us not miss out on the past. It is only with the past that we build the future. That really warmed my heart. <laughs> he has a way with words, Christian. <laughs> but you know what? Forget that quote. They're giving, they gave us. A badass route. We, we, we as fans, you're going to want to watch this one. So okay. forget the quote. Hats off to them for, for designing a, a great route. Okay. So it would be much like we did last year when we get to July mm-hmm. 7th, starting a week later. Uh, daily recaps. Um, something entertaining on the rest days. But uh, between now and then, you know, stay locked into stages. We're going to cover some other stuff for you. We've decided to ramp up our... Uh, our coverage of all things endurance and suffering related. Uh, right now, we're looking at 
50 plus or minus shows in 2018. Uh, just trying to keep the content going, keep it you know more consistent throughout the year. So season preview with regards to cycling, as as some of the listeners know, we just did the Ironman. Mm-hmm. Uh, cover all the spring classics. Uh, looking to cover Tour California. Um, you know, obviously back into. I think we'll skip the Giro. That's a little too much bike racing to watch. And then obviously back into the tour and then, you know, throughout the year. But like I said, more or less 50 shows. I'm excited about covering the classics. Do you have a favorite? A favorite classic? Mm-hmm. The, the, listen, the, the, the best classic on the calendar is the Tour of Flanders. The, the, there's nothing to me. And I, and I, I never did Rebay. I never wanted to do Rebay. Many would argue that that's the king of the classics. To me, the, the reason the Tour of Flanders is the true king of the classics is that it's a perfect combination of two classics, Liège-Bresson-Liège and Paris-Roubaix. So you have the climbs and the cobbles, and you put them together and you have cobbled climbs. Why wouldn't that be the king? Mm-hmm. And then just the way that, that Walter, who owns the Tour of Flanders, has, has reinvigorated that event and changed the event, still kept all the classic elements. But instead of the old Quermont doing it once, how about we do it three times and build stands on each side and beer gardens and festivals and – and yeah. a Fondo the day before, I mean, it's, it's revolutionized the way the sport does a one-day event, and it's the way that everybody else should probably look to do it. So that, that's my favorite. You know, I did it a handful of times. I wish I'd have been competitive. I never was. But what a great vibe. What other endurance sports are on your radar? And then we'll wrap this up. And, you know, we covered Ironman, which was great. Yep. That was, that was more fun than I expected. That was pretty cool. What else is on your radar? I mean, I think we'll listen to the to the to the listeners and to the viewers. You know, it, 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 it's there's not that many options. We have cycling, we have tri, yeah. we have running. I can't imagine honestly covering the New York City Marathon. Um, but it's it's those types of of events. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, stay tuned to stages, pass it on, post the link to subscribe to it. Go to wedosport.com to get the links to all of that. Uh, if you want to share the, the RSS feed for whatever you like to use, whether it's SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, uh, share it with your friends and get some gear. Are we reloading on gear? The gear we'll reload over on there. And we just get a DM. I just get a DM here from Tanja at Bamboola on Twitter. She says, no, don't skip the Giro. It's the best Grand Tour of the year. <laughs> well, guess what, Tanja? We are skipping the Giro and the Vuelta. I can't watch my this. this Every day, no, all I, I of it for a I, whole summer. It, and it just the way that it completely fucks up my day. <laughs> You have to, you know, with the time change and you have to watch it in the morning. Well, you, let's not forget, uh, you, you need to rhyme, remind people, the man has five children. I do have five and, children. And you don't want to spend the whole of. summer. Uh, that, that, that I know, know of. <laughs> Spring break in the 80s was a little crazy. Hey, but I do want to, and I, admit, I, have, I have this written down on my notes and I want to say it before we get off the air. But uh, speaking of the Giro, I, I think one of the most significant things that came out of this announcement today is this year's winner of the Tour of Italy, Tom Dumoulin, who uh, many have talked about mm-hmm. being the only guy that can beat Chris Froome if he decides to do the Tour. Big Dutch kid, time trials his ass off, just won the World Championships time trial, and can also survive on the climbs. He sees this route, bad day. Really? Yeah. This doesn't favor. This, it favors Froome. That's what people want to know. Look, and we didn't touch on this much, 
the one stage that's, they have a 65 kilometer stage in this tour, a 40 mile stage with, you know, 3000 meters of vert is, is, is explosive and as fast as that day will be. As much as I love this kid, Tom Dumoulin, I mean, he is a, a Miguel Enderin reincarnate. He can't survive that day. Hmm. And so for all the Dutch fans and the Dumoulin fans out there, go get a cocktail because it was not a good day for, uh, for y'all. All right. There's probably still time for people to lobby for an event to be covered, right? Stages at wedosport.com if you want to email. Yeah. Uh, you never know. You keep asking. Yeah. You might. <laughs> this you... bum. I was more time with this bum, <laughs> JB. That apparently lives in your driveway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, There's probably some nights that you wish you were living in my driveway. We okay. all have those nights where we wish we were living in somebody else's. I driveway. know. I know. I'll be doing it again. I'll be driveway living again in in, in Colorado. All right. Can I go summer. to the can I, can I go to the gym now? Go to the gym. What's on the agenda today? I don't know. I just show up and 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 my trainer John Wolf. He just lays it out. I have to ride my bike. That's the reason I need time. I have to ride my bike to the gym because when you get as old as I am, you got to. I will blow my back out every gym session if I don't warm up. Good man. How depressing is that? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. 